been praying for Israel, haven't we? And uh, and the whole thing, the fog of war is is a, quite a issue. There's all kinds of information and misinformation. If you have been following Amir Safardi, Sarfati's, uh, um, he's the author of the book we've been studying, very timely book, quite frankly. And and he's got he he's I don't know how these guys write these books. I, I, I where do you get the time? I just don't know how they do it. But anyways, but. Um, you also got to know that if you're on Telegram, there are some f- some fake um, things of his. The only one that's really his is the one with well over 400,000 subscribers to it. So if if it says 12,000, that's not him. And so so much of that stuff. Anyways, you can certainly keep up to date, and you can be confident in in what he's telling you. Some of you don't know he, um, of course, he's an Israeli, but he was also in the IDF as as every Israeli has to take at least two years in the um, in the military, but he ended up in in, in intelligence and uh, for some, for a while, and so he's got the contacts and the experience as well. So, anyways, that would be something if you want to just kind of filter through uh, the stuff. Uh, but anyways, um, the um, let me just do a little. Um, intro, and then we want to get into the scriptures. We're going to get into First Peter four. Um, there are a lot of world leaders, people who are experienced in uh, understanding international relationships and the stuff that's going on uh, in Israel, and and they have their eyes open and their ears open. They're paying attention um, because you know. Hamas, Hezbollah, all of what they stand for, they don't want their own little state. They wanted to eradicate Israel. They want to remove their stated purpose for existence is not to have a nice little state on the coast of the Mediterranean. Is their their statement, if you've seen them, what's the slogan? From the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Well, the only way they could do that, you have to erase Israel off the face of the map so they could have from the river to the sea, from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean. We understand this is the kind of evil that's out there, and that's their intent. And this is why Israel, let me put it this way, um, as they have shouted also in Iran and, and, you know, death to Israel, what's the next thing they say? Yeah, death to America, especially Christians. What did we learn about nine, in 9-11? What, what was a reality that finally slapped us in the face in 2001? You better pay attention if a, if a, a, a group, a country, say they hate you, they are going to destroy you, you need to believe that they hate you and want to destroy you. You don't appease your enemy who wants to destroy you by, by just giving what they want make them happy. Israel did that. Israel's been accused of being an an occupying force, which is ridiculous. Israel, no Israelite has lived in Gaza since about 2005. They're not occupying anything. Then they're called apartheid. Well, there's no apartheid because there's Arabs and other, other religions are, are all in Israel. And so even Arabs in the government uh, of Israel. 
Uh, not only that, but, but to try to think that might, they might keep the people in Gaza happy, especially, well, understand, there's a Palestinian, the citizens in, in, in Gaza are not necessarily, are not Hamas. Hamas is a, is a Nazi-like, murderous terrorist organization that, that rules over the people, the Palestinians. Palestinians. So, anyway, just kind of make a distinction there. But they thought if we allow, they, Israel allowed up to 20,000 Palestinians work permits to come into Israel and work, and if they, if they could earn money and then provide for the family, then they'd be happy and they would leave us alone. Well, it turns out many of those were actually scoping out the land and, and marked, identified everything about all these, these neighborhoods, these kibbutzes as they call them, in preparation for what happened uh, a week ago Saturday. It's very costly when you underestimate your enemy, especially if you think you can appease him or it, whatever. And I believe there needs to be a wake-up call for us. We recognize since January of 2021, Biden, all on his own, removed all the protections Trump had created on our southern border we had the safest border, no matter what you think of Trump. We had the safest southern border we ever had. And now, it is the most porous. On some days, 10,000 have flooded through in one day. Most of them, young, military-aged, foreign nationals, most of them from countries that hate us. And what do they get? They get food. They get Visa cards, they get, a f- where, where would you like to go? This has been happening ever since then, three and a half years, all over, all over this country. And, and they come here, I mean, in Washington State, you get a driver's license. You, you get all kinds of help. Our, our, gov- our governor gives it those kind of things. And we got to recognize that our our government has opened the door to allow the very kind of forces that, he, that, that launched a very skilled attack on Israel eight days ago. That same group has been able, we, they have enabled them to be, go wherever you want in our country and don't think that they aren't planning this because they hate America almost as much as they hate Israel especially Christians. And I'm not saying this is what all Muslims are like. We're talking about the ideology known connected with Hamas, Hezbollah, and Iran. We cannot ignore or dismiss the threats that's in front of us. And this has been stirring in my heart uh, Obviously, um, how many have read Eric Metaxas' book, Letter to the American Church? Um, if you really promise that you're going to really read this and share this, this is an extra one, and I'll give it to you right now. Okay, Catherine? All right. TJ, want to run that back to her? Eric Metaxas wrote the book on Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, the uh, German pastor who tried to wake up the church as, the, as Hitler 
and his Nazis began to, to rise up and they started doing things. He tried to call them out and say, we can't do, this is wrong. They're going after Jews. Try to call them out for what they're doing. And, and most of them, most of them, uh, well, out of 18,000 pastors, 3,000, you know, said, see Kyle. And 3,000 completely resisted him, but 12,000 in the middle did nothing. And his, his, looking back on history, if, if just a significant portion of just that 12,000 had said, no way, we're, we're not going to stay silent, they could have shifted what really happened in Germany. But that the silence of the church, even the appeasing of the church or the fear of the church to say anything, opened the door, created the, the necessary climate that allowed Hitler and his regime to rise because there was no opposition, that the light was not being shown and darkness prevailed. We cannot underestimate the role, the power that we have as a body of Christ because we serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? We have a power greater than any nuclear arsenal that anybody might have or ideology. Right? And we also have the truth. And that our motivation is not try to, to lift up ourselves. It's, it's We recognize... That, that freedom is, is God's idea, and, and America is, is the light around this world. The, the greatest effort, missionary effort, in the, in, in the history of humanity is happening right now from America. Right? I've said this before. Something like, I forget the number, the, the second most uh, nation sending the most uh, missionary units out in a year is, is Brazil, and it's somewhere in the realm of 37,000 or something. America is sending like somewhere around 150, 160,000 or 80, 180,000 in a year around the world. You see, you understand, it's not about America, it's not about politics, it's about killing the, the missionary effort to spread the gospel around the world. The devil hates America because we are the greatest source of sending the light of the, of the gospel around the world, and the devil hates that. So we're not even here trying to preserve a, a, a political party. We're talking about the gospel of, of Christ going around the world. And quite frankly, the strength of when America is strong, uh, the enemies of, of, of righteousness are afraid. And they step back. And Eric Metaxas says, um, as he's probably one of the, the most experienced people to be able to address the issue of what, what was the climate in the church in Germany of that time and compare it to today, he said is exactly the same thing going on in America. And um, it's, it's time we stop being afraid to see things as they really are. Amen? Uh, and uh, I think the, the ostrich syndrome never worked um, and uh, it can't be part of what we uh, are about. I, I'm very grateful that our founding fathers, most of whom did, were followers of Jesus, um, um, or at least had a, a fear of God and revere, a reverence for the Word of God. They allowed their faith and their belief in God to translate into what a country should look like. Amen? To the fact, to the point of throwing off oppression so that the people could, we people could be free. Amen? Okay, say all that, and a lot of you know this stuff. But the question really is, what do we do? I, I, I know what they're doing, but how many, how many of you can make them do what you want them to do? Anybody here? If you are, I'd like to talk to you, because we could use your help. But as far as I know, I can't. 
But the call is, what is God asking you to do? What is he asking me to do right now? What's the most important thing? And uh, if you turn to 1 Peter chapter 4, I want us to look at, um, at four things, I think, that, that Peter uh, sets up for us um, in this time. <clears throat> there's, more, there's more than this, but in these handful of verses, <clears throat> I want to look at these. 1 Peter 4, verse 7. Um, in fact, First Peter is written to the to believers who are looking, who are in and facing times of trial and suffering. Right? This is a the, the the whole his whole reason for writing was to prepare the believers for the suffering that they are and will be experiencing them. And so there's there's a whole lot more here. Um, I'm, I'm sure you're grateful. I'm not going to try and preach it all this morning. Uh, verse seven, though. Listen to what he says to them. He says, the end of all things is near. Now, he's not saying like the end times, you know, like in Revelation. But he could see in, in, in their, their day, there was a, an end times type thing coming. But I guess on the other, other hand, the, uh, the New Testament church, they lived like Jesus was coming tomorrow. They believed that. So, um, but the end of all things is near. And I believe, I believe we need to recognize that the end of normal is, is here. The end of comfortable American dream, everything's fine. We watch the, the wars on the TV like it's a movie, but it's not going to come here. The end of those things are, are near, are, all right? And then he, it goes on and he says, um, Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so you can pray. This whole thing, I, I think the most powerful yet most underrated and least practiced tool we have in our arsenal is what? Is prayer. I, you know, I, I, I appreciate the, some of these efforts of, of these big worship events that, that, in, that have prayer, but I, I'm, I'm concerned I, and who knows, God knows, but sometimes I, I wonder if some of them are more just people running to a concert that happens to pray. Right? Uh, and 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 it, the, the arena fills up because of the of of a certain celebrity type worship leader who's there, and th- th- that can be fine and everything. But but there is something when you look at revival history, you, you don't you don't find those kind of big arena celebration things. You 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 hear about of of, of people who are broken before God. Whether it it may not be an arena, it might just be a household, you know, or, or a small group of people, but they begin to humble themselves and weep for the sin of their nation and for their own sin, begin to cry out to God, God have mercy upon us. And they, they shut off the music, they shut off all the all the toys and all the lights and everything and get on their face and say, God, we need you now. And when the people of God have pursued God in that way, God has always answered. That has always been the what pre um, preceded times of great awakening and revivals, even in in our day. The end of all things is near. He says, "There is the economic crisis we're facing has been completely one hundred percent created." Right, the division that we're seeing is completely manufactured. By those, uh, really, you know, the whole 
critical race theory, America never was great. You are white. You're an oppressor. I'm black. I'm, I'm oppressed. Poor, I'm the victim. You're the victimizer. You're bad. And these kind of things. I tell you, all of these really do. They come, we use that phrase, come from the, from the pit of hell. Well, the devil isn't in the pit of hell yet. Um, uh, but these are satanic. You know, Satan, his name, it means accuser. It's the pointing finger. And you can see that the, the pointing finger that, that is in this, div, this divis, uh, divisive be, uh, thing going on in our nation today. And so we recognize what's going on. It says, so be clear-minded. Uh, your, your translation might say sober-minded. Anybody got sober? Uh, right? Sober-minded um, or sound, sound judgment. The idea, I like the idea of clear, clear-minded in the sense it's time to clear out the prejudices you've got. Time to, to, to deal with, with the, the things that you've held on to, justification for things that are not justified. Um, uh, to, to forgive and let go of those things that, that have uh, been excuses and, and, uh, and clear those things out. But also, um, uh, just to walk in the fear of the Lord, to be able to, so you can, See the things as they are, not as we are. And I've said this to others before, but this is the truth, that we, so much of, of how we, we, we tend to want to look at the world is how we want it to be. Right? You, you hear about some of these atrocities, and I won't try to describe any from here, but, but these just horrendous, I mean, someone said to call what Hamas has done Nazis is to, um, I mean, even... Even the Nazis would be better compared to the horrible, atrocious things they are doing to babies and children and women and little girls and etc. But we would say, "Oh, that that can't be true." What happened? What happened during um, Hitler's rise? Right? Uh, people didn't want to believe that Hitler was actually gassing the Jews. No, 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 no. That can't be happening. That whole ship full of Jews come to the come to, to, to the United States. Our government turned them around. Only God knows how many of them, if if how many survived. We've got to be able to see things as they are. We got to be able to look evil in its face and don't turn away and see what it is. Because I believe that in some ways, as a church, that's the only thing that's going to get us to really intercede and pray like we've never prayed before. We recognize the urgency of the hour. Then we go to the one who is the only answer. We have, when we see the urgency of what's going on and how, how hopeless it is, how, how powerful, if you will, how much power the, the enemy has, then we go, we recognize we don't have any options except one. And he's the one who sets up kings and he puts down kings. Right? You are only allowed to do what you're doing for the time that God allows you to. And at the end of the day, you will be held accountable for everything you've done. That's the God you and I serve. Amen? And that's the one we can turn to as we've seen things as they are. We recognize that in America, that, that it's not if, it's just when do these sleeper cells come out? When do we see in some of our major cities some, some kind of terrorist activity, uh, of, of, of a nature that, that maybe we've never seen before in this country. That's a reality. We need to be clear-minded. Courage to see the things that, that are. Not see things as we are, but see things as they really are. And to be self-controlled. 
self-controlled. Uh, uh, it could be, this is also could be uh, sober, but in the area of refraining from wine, in the sense of refraining from those things that dull your senses or that, that, that help you to forget about what's going on, but they never solve a problem. You know, that's, that's what addictions do. We, we, we medicate ourselves uh, with something um, so that we don't have to feel the pain or, or deal with, with, with what's struggling inside of us. But we need to remove those things. We need to, 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 to face the thing, to distinguish um, between those things that we recognize we can control and what we cannot control. Amen? I don't know how much time I fret over stuff I can't control anyways. I don't know, but I'm probably the only one here. But, but, but that's, I mean, I have put so much energy sometimes in things that I can't control. Um, but when I recognize God's not asking me to control those things, but he is calling upon me to walk a certain way. And I recognize the things that I can control. What are those things? There's all kinds of them. You can control your faith in God. You're the only one responsible for it. Your, your acceptance and rejection of God is something you have chosen. What other people have done, what other people have done. But that's them. You and I can be as close to God as we really want to be. Some have said, you are. So God, help me to get closer. Amen? The things we can't control are our are, are attitudes and our response uh, we cannot re, re, uh, re, record, uh, excuse me, control how other people respond, and you are not responsible for that anyways, right? The depth of your relationship with Christ, as I said, your obedience to God, that's, that's all on you. How many times have I, people, it always concerned me, you know, people who, I mean, let's say that they've, they've witnessed some bad stuff. It might, maybe it was a, a church leader or a church or a, a significant spiritual person in their life failed them, and then they turned their back on God for what men did. At some point, they either didn't have or lost their connection to, to God, and it, it was now dependent upon this person here. The importance of... of uh, being self-controlled, meaning we take responsibility for, for our relationship with Christ and don't blame anybody else for what it is or is not. Amen? As well as for obedience to God and just for our forgiveness of others and our love for others. That's in your hands. Amen? I know, and I'm sure you know, that's not an easy thing. It's easy to say. Sometimes it's just not easy to do. But it's the only way you and I can be free. Amen? And of all things, really, heaven and hell are in your hands. And really, in the reality, who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve Jesus? Are you going to serve yourself? There are consequences, good consequences for, for, for serving Christ, and there are some pretty negative ones for rejecting him would be self-controlled. We take responsibility. We remove the things that, 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 that mask, the, the, the things that trouble us. We don't want to deal with it. Don't talk about it. Be quiet. Give me another drink as I try to bury this. You know what? I think God wants to heal it. 
God wants to give us victory through the stuff that we're facing, the stuff that churns your heart, that brings anxiety, the things that, 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 that might dominate your mind at times, that, that cause you to want to go to that thing, if it whatever what would represent alcohol if, or whatever it might be. He wants to teach us how to face that thing and walk through it and get victory over it. Amen? You can do that through Christ. We can, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen? And notice this whole thing. This, this first thing, that we are positioning ourselves for effective and powerful what? Prayer. He says, so you can pray. Be clear-minded. Be self-controlled. Then you're in the position to pray. To pray effectively. Why? Because your, your mind is not being distracted and pulled in this way and that. You're not blinded by biases or hatred or, or hurt and offense and those kind of things or, or driven by self-centered desires and, and stuff that only cares about yourself. You're, being, you're starting to clear in your mind and being self-controlled. And now you can begin to see the big picture. You can, that's when you can begin to, to hear the heart of God. As you draw close to him through his word. And our prayers begin, I believe, have a level of effectiveness that they would not have otherwise. We don't have a lot of things going here. We don't have tons of ministries going on here. We don't have... You know, sessions all over the place. We have a, our, our, our book, Bibles, Bush, book slash Bible study t- Wednesday night and Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Other than that, we have prayer. Nine to ten, we have prayer back here. And there's, there's a number of folks that a lot of you come. I'd like it to, had to get so full that you have to go out here and the worship team's got to practice in there. <laughs> and then, um, uh, and then we have, um, this Friday at, at Mosaic Fellowship Church, they're down on 3rd. I think it's 3rd or 2nd. I forget now. Um, uh, 12 hours of prayer from noon to midnight. Uh, I'll be participating in some of that. Um, and then Sunday night uh, at 6 o'clock, uh, the 29th, we're going to just have a time. We'll have some worship. We're not bringing in some worship band. We're not bringing in celebrity. We're, it's time for us to come together. God, we need you. Amen? And I think it's a perfect time to do so right right before the darkest time of this area. Because God is light. Amen? His truth sets us free. And, uh, and so, anyways. We understand these things. David, think of David, uh, King David in Ziklag. He, uh, he and his men were in Ziklag. This is before he actually was crowned king. But um, as he was, they were off fighting a battle. Um, these other armies came down. Took everything, their women and children and all their belongings, and and burned the town of Ziklag and took them away. And David and his men come back, and they're all angry, disheartened, and they begin to blame David, and they even talk about killing him. Talk about a bad moment. <laughs> But in, in that story, it says that, that David strengthened himself in the Lord. He didn't have Sean Foyk to sing worship songs, right? Or name your favorite preacher to preach a series. He found strength in his God by himself. 
He found the place, uh, him and God, in worship and prayer and the promises that he knew in the word of God. And he strengthened himself in the Lord. This is the church we've got to be. If we're going to get rid of the celebrity mentality that people rush, I'm just, I get, I mean, I, I, we've been in ministry for a long time and we've been here for a long time. Uh, and how many people have I seen who float from this church because that's the hot one to go to and then things kind of, you know, after time and they rush off to this one and they rush off to that one. And, and, and we're not growing as a body of Christ and, and, and God's, uh, message is not changing lives in this area. I mean, there are people being saved, I believe that. But we're talking not to the degree we, we need to see. Amen? God, give us that determination to, to get along with you like David did and find the place where we are strengthened and I don't have to turn on 104.9 to get me primed. Not that those aren't good. Amen? But I believe that there's, this is a different level of Christianity, I think, that I've ever seen, quite frankly. American Christianity doesn't really look like the Christianity of places like China and North Korea, where giving your life to Christ is literally giving your life away. And they don't have all the big multi-mega churches and all the... But they found God. I want God, I want to know him. Verse 7 in the Amplified Version reads like this. The end and culmination of all things is near. Therefore, be sound-minded and self-controlled for the purpose of prayer, staying balanced and focused on the things of God so that your communication will be clear, reasonable, specific, and pleasing to Him. If you, if you get access to an amplified version, that would always just a great addition to your Bible reading. If you try to make it your regular Bible reading, it'll take twice as long to read it. But um, anyway, so that, I'm sure that's one. Second, the second one, I'll move quicker through here. Is about the priority of agape love. Look at verse 8. Above all. Above what? Most? Some? <laughs> above, above all. Love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Above all. He's saying the most important thing for the body of Christ is to love deeply. It's translated. And we got a different word there. Besides deeply, the word means like intentionally. An intentional love. It's not a love because somehow they won your favor, you know, or they can offer you something. It's an intentional love. I love you deeply. I love you enough to actually face you when I don't like you. So that we can actually work through whatever it is that makes me not like you. Because I think maybe you don't like me right now either. But you're, you're my brother in Christ. You're my sister in Christ. We've got to work through these things. We need to love each other deeply. It's not before any personal benefit. It's because you matter to God. I matter to God. That means you better. You matter to me. Amen? And the greatest weapon the devil has in the church is division. 
right? The greatest weapon he has for you is discouragement, right? And there's another one. Uh, it's a D, but anyways. But division is, is, his, is, is his key. And what's, what happens with division? It's when one side accuses the other. What's Satan's name mean? Accuser. It's the devil's work, right? We've got to reject that kind of stuff and, and do what we can uh, to, to, be, uh, to be one. Not a man-made thing, but something where we love each other deeply enough, we're going to do the hard work. It's like marriage. what marriage is about, right? It, it, Till death do you part. And sometimes you want to kill them, you know, but uh, yeah, that's not an option. You can't do that. Um, anyways. But because a love covers a multitude of sins, that there's confession and there's forgiveness in that relationship. Sorry, Audrey. <laughs> but this idea of, of confession, of vulnerable, there needs to be vulnerability. We need to be able to be vulnerable with one another. It's one thing I always, I'm always on the victory. I doubt that. I, I, we all have our moments. And it's okay to live out your moments with your brothers and sisters in Christ so that we might strengthen one another. Amen? That's what the church is about. That's what, Loving deeply in the goes even verse 9 talks about offer hospitality to one, one another without grumbling. Hospitality, the word literally means fond of guests. The way our culture is, is, is created right now, you don't have to talk to anybody almost. I mean, first of all, social media. You know, I have over a thousand friends <laughs> that aren't really friends. I mean, they're, they're, some of you are in there, so you're my friends. But I'm just saying, I don't have a thousand something friends, Right? And But so much of, of, of our social life in our nation, not just in, in, our, in our nation, but is, is so digital. It's like, so I never have to see your face. I don't have to see your expressions. I, 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 I don't get to, you know, touch your hand and sh- or, or give you a hug. None of that stuff. We don't need that stuff. And, and what's happening is we are sensing, our society is sensing the lack of, of interaction, the, the medication level in America is, is <clears throat> beyond belief because we're not happy. And we think we can medicate ourselves back into happiness. And yet, I, you know, you see those, those ads on the TV and they said, oh, so, so, so they go through all the, the side effects. Oh, suicide, you know. <laughs> You might you might sue, might kill yourself. This antidepressant might kill you, you know. And I'm not making light of that. I recognize that that these there's a place for this stuff. I'm not if if you're on some medication. I'm not trying to say you're a bad Christian or something like that. I recognize, but but we understand on a larger scale how disconnected we are. The garage door opener talked about that, right? Right. You you come home in in your suburban neighborhood. You push the garage door opener, it opens, you drive in, the closed, door closes, and you go in your house, never having to see your neighbors ever. Same thing in the morning, same thing, right? Get in your car, open the garage door, drive out, close it, and gone. You're gone. Right? You don't even have to go to the grocery store anymore. You don't have to see people anymore if you don't want to. You don't have to, you, have to, you know, you could buy things and never, never see a human being ever.
There's something that happens when the people, when we interact with people, when you get to be out with people that goes beyond whatever activity it is. You don't even necessarily notice it at the moment. But I know there's times where I wanted to stay home, and but I end up like, I'm thinking of a case when I was a teenager and um, I ended up not staying home because of things and I went to it. We had a special service at the Lutheran church I was at and I couldn't believe, I don't remember what was preached on, but there was something that changed inside of me, something that, that, that encouraged me. You know, I tell you, one of the greatest things I, that, that, that lifts me up is talking to you guys. I have a bad day and when I at least pick up the phone, and I start talking to you. Your conversation with me helps me. Is that, is that okay to say that? Because we need each other. Amen? And there's too many soloists out there. Um, and I'm not even just trying to point fingers about people who are, are here on Sunday or are not on Sunday. And I've said this to so many times, many people. Our schedules are just sometimes are what they are, right? It's not about one place at one time. It's about the fellowship of the body of Christ. Amen? This is what we're called to. And we, we need to do that. All right, quickly, number three. We need to discover and f- use the gifts God has given you. Look at verse 11. If anyone speaks, he, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory the, and the power forever and ever. Amen. Two things. I mean, God has, well, let's put it this way. God has given you uh, gifts. Amen. Oh, oh, wait, I'm sorry, I skipped, didn't I? Verse 10. Each one of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully administering God's gifts. God has given you gifts. And, and I could, for time's sake, I won't turn, but Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the, the various gifts. And we might think of the gifts like we just had messages in tongues and interpretation here, right? Well, those are gifts of the Spirit. There's the gifts of prophecy, the gifts of healing, gifts of miracles, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and so forth. But those aren't the only gifts. You, you read further in, in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, you find there's gifts of hospitality. There's gifts of giving. There's gifts of administration. You know, you know gifts of serving. If, and guess what? if you've got that gift, do it with all your heart. Right? You may, you may not be using some supernatural gift and the word of knowledge, but God's given you this ability to, to serve people or, or to help people. That's, what, that's his gift. Celebrate it. Use it. Amen? It doesn't matter what's going on around the world. You have been given gifts by God to use and just you have the, the, the freedom, the opportunity to, to use it and, and find ways that you can serve the body of Christ and serve those around you. And in so doing, you are administering God's grace in its various forms. And um, so may God just release you to do that. First Timothy, Second Timothy 1, 6 through 8 Paul's speaking at verse 6. He's speaking to my favorite pastor in the New Testament. And he says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying of my, on my, of my hands on you. Some of us, the gifts have gone dormant because of various things. Just draw close to him. Get in his word. Get in prayer. 
Strengthen your, yourself in the Lord and watch him fan into flame the gift of God that is in you. And then let him use you. Amen? Um, and then the last one, uh, number four, to wor- learn to walk in the fear of the Lord, like I, like I just read. If anyone speaks, let him do so as one speaking the very words of God. Uh, we need to be very careful, uh, obviously, uh, this preaching to the choir on this, but, but um, when we say God says this or God says that, or, you know, just remember who you're claiming to be speaking for. He's pretty big. And um, people won't want to justify things that they've done because, well, God told me. Really? Just be careful uh, that we would stop and walk in the fear of the Lord, that when we, when we stand before others and we say, this is what God says, that we would do so in a sense of reverence and awe, that we are, he will ask, he, he's going to maybe ask us, did I say that? <laughs> To recognize uh, the importance of really hearing God. Um, in Second Second Timothy two fifteen, Paul again to Timothy says, "Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman." Hear this: who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. You and I need to know this and handle it properly, and not just not just because Amir Sarfati or 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 name your favorite preacher just because he says the Bible says this. That should not be why you you, you believe it. You read it, go find it, Amen. And there's so many resources out there now online and stuff that that, and I can help you find them if you need some. But to be able to actually do you don't have to know Greek and Hebrew to 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 see even what these Greek words are, and it's very enlightening. And and, and when you are in the Bible yourself, and all of a sudden you find, hey, this, oh, look at that. It's now a truth that you discovered. It's your gold. You get to keep it. And I think God wants you to have some, get in some of His gold mines. He's got waiting for you, right? Because that's going to be the gold that you're going to be able to share with other people that need it right then. It'll be an encouragement to you, but even more so, I believe, it's, it's his, his uh, he's giving it to you because he's got someone you need to share it with. Amen? And, uh, <clears throat> and then as it says, um, if anyone serves, he should do it, as one, do it in the strength God provides. So much of what we can end up doing for God, we do it in our own strength. God says, no, why don't you lean on me? I want to empower you. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is all about that very thing. Jesus said, uh, you'll speak in tongues when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. No, he said, you'll... What? What's the word? Um, You receive power. And you'll be my witnesses. Right? God wants to empower whatever you do. For his glory. You know, it, whatever it is, it might be making parts, Nick. It might be making parts for somebody's toolbox. There's connections God gives you, and he wants to empower you to use those things to, for, for a greater purpose. You know, you're working there with Cam, and we've been praying for Cam. Uh, he's in Seattle dealing with his, his cancer diagnosis again. Um, uh, you know, all of us, I can just go down the, the things, you, whether you're retired or not. You know, God wants to empower what, who you are, where you are, and use you right now. doesn't matter what's going on out there, stuff you can't control, whatever. But what you can do is be empowered for His glory, that your gifts would be empowered, and you could serve others and administer the, great, the grace of God right around you. Amen? Amen. 
so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be glory, be the glory. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. This is, if you want to put it this way, this is our destiny. To live in times like these. I didn't want to. I don't want to. I like, I kind of like the comfort. You know, I did. I, but in time, we are here called to live in times like these so that he will be praised by what we do, what, when we do what we can do. Amen? When we take control and responsibility for what he has given to us and trust him for the rest, he will be glorified. Amen? To walking with sober minds and hearts where we might be pray with clear minds and and uh, and a clear understanding, clear uh, walking with um, uh, minds that, that they can see the bigger picture. We're not clouded by the pursuits of this world and or, or the failures of ourselves or others. Um, where we un- understand what it means to love deeply, we intentionally love the body of Christ. Jesus said, "They will know that you are my uh, my disciples because of how you love one another." It wasn't, he didn't say how you love the lost. That's, uh, will be part of it. But he said what di- distinguishes you from the rest is how you will love one another. Amen? And that we'd be liberally l- using the gifts God has given to us and walking in the fear of God. Um, because in the, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of, of the Holy One is understanding. We want to have wisdom on how to, how to go forward. We, we have to keep God in, in the right place in our hearts, in our lives. Otherwise, we'll, we'll be deceived and we'll fear. I mean, fear wants to cripple you. Amen? That's the whole tool that, that these Hamas, these terrorists, these Nazis are, are doing by these, these pictures of the horrendous things they do to, to the innocents. They want to, it's about inciting fear. The problem that they don't realize is they're actually raising up actually the opposite. Um, uh, A boldness that says, no more. No more. But fear has no place when faith in a mighty God has taken its place. When when he, the, the, the assurance of who he is reigns right here in our hearts. That I'm his child, he has gifted me, and quite frankly, I'm not out of here until God says I'm out of here. All right? And quite frankly, if I have to leave here on an earlier date than, than what would be expected, in some ways I would prefer that I left because of my witness for Jesus. Only because in Revelation it speaks about the reward for those who gave their life because of the testimony of Jesus. I'm not... I'm not campaigning for that and I and I would even want to say that even cautiously but to come to the place we recognize my life is not my own your life if you are a follower of Christ your life is not your own so stop trying to protect it not that you are I'm just saying in a general sense Jesus said if you if if you try to Save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose yourself, your life for me, you'll find it. The whole thing, the kingdom is so backwards, you know. You want to receive? Give, right? You want to live? Die, you know. 
If you want to be free, become a slave of Christ, you know, in the way that Paul talks about it. And so, as at verse 12 and 13 there, and I'll just close and we'll close with this. He says, then this will be true. He says, dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. When we walk this way, when we count our life is no longer ours, and it's about him getting glory through our life and me doing what I know I can do with what he's given me in this day, not allowing the stuff out here I can't control to bring me anxiety, but trusting him today, then I will not be surprised by the things that, that happen, but can learn what it means. I don't know, that's to rejoice in the suffering, that you participate in the sufferings of Christ. It's not an American, Christ, American Christian understanding of what that means. And I'm, I'm quite honestly a little... Fearful to, to actually understand that, but we must. Amen? For God is able. Why don't you stand with me? Why don't you bow your heads and... Arrow, you can play something soft. With your heads bowed, just... Whatever level of commitment... The thing is, we, we have to be right with God in this day. We must be right with God. We must be filled with His Spirit, be in His Word, and fellowship with, pe- with believers of like precious faith for the purpose of the gospel in this area. And so, what is the Lord saying to your heart? Whatever, whatever, would you say yes to him? Surrendered to him? Sold out? He's a merciful God. He forgives all our sins. Heals all our diseases. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. What is God saying to your heart? Are you saying yes? Will you say yes to him, whatever that is? We make a statement with our bodies this morning and whatever it is you're saying yes to God that you would just come up and say Jesus I'm saying yes to you to what's not what you're speaking to my heart I say yes to you however this message speaks to you would you come up here and join me up here and we're going to just close and just committing ourselves to him saying yes Lord yes Lord 
not afraid. My faith is in you. Anybody else? Just... We just lift our hands. Father, we, we just come to you right now. And Lord, we say yes. Our lives are your life. Our, our plans and purposes, Lord, are for the glory and the, the honor of your name. Coming through the activities of our lives, the, uh, the words of our life, the, the actions, Lord, that you might get glory, God, out of us, Lord. And that whatever, whatever you need from us, Lord, that we'd be, we want, be willing to say, yes, Lord. And that even right now, that you would make each one here more and more aware of, of that which you have put in their hands right now. To do with all, all of our heart, each one to do with all of their heart what you have enabled them to do. Lord, I pray that the gifts and the callings of God would rise up. Lord, I pray for the awakening of maybe dormant uh, calls and gifts, Lord, in Jesus' name. That you might be glorified in this place, Lord. That there'd be a righteous remnant that is fearless and full of the Spirit of God in this place. Who are not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed to believe in, 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 in the ways of God and the word of God. And know what it means to love others like you have loved us. Who knows what it it is to forgive others as you have forgiven us. That you, God, would be glorified. And God, that we would see the Spirit of God begin to move with a new level of freedom across this area right where you've given us to live. To go into the homes of our loved ones who have been away from you for so long. And God, that the veil that's been over eyes and hearts for so long would be broken, Lord. Be pulled away in Jesus' name. That the work of your Holy Spirit would, would, would go and respond as we lift up our hearts to you, Lord God. Of, with a clear mind and a sober uh, heart and self-control, Lord God. We've, we, we've separated ourselves from these other distractions. And we've come to you, God. And that you, Lord God, would hear our prayer and, and, and heal this land. Forgive our sin. And, and awaken the lost in this area, Lord God. And revive your church, Lord God. We, you are our only hope. We recognize the evil that that very likely is in our near future in this nation. And God, we choose, we're not going to walk in fear. Walk in faith and in confidence of who you are. So make us now who we need to be for tomorrow. We commit ourselves to this kind of walk and trust in you today so we are ready for tomorrow. And to be ready even more so for those that are not. I just thank you, Father. And I just I pray, Father, for as we sang, Lord, um, the, we call upon your Holy Spirit to fill us again. To empower us again. To be glorified again. Do your work, Lord God. We've seen you do it here. We've seen you do marvelous things. But God, we haven't seen anything what you could do as far as the extent to which you can do. And so, Father, we say yes. We say yes this morning to you. Can you just tell him that? Whatever it is, whatever he's speaking in your heart, just tell him yes. Yes, Lord.
Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, just um, as as your under-shepherd in this right here, I just, we just pray this, this the, the blessing of God upon your, 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 your people right here. That the Lord bless you, Lord keep you, Lord make his face shine upon you, and give you peace. May the Spirit of God fill you and lead you faithfully each day. May your ears be able to hear him. May your heart beat in passion for him. May your minds be clear and discern the truth from error. And may God shine his light through you for his glory. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. God is up to something good. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Amen.